Thank you, Brother Emmett. And of course, Brother Emmett, he's still recovering from all of his, I don't know what you called it, but it was a funny name you had. Uh, anyway, he's still recovering from it, so we appreciate his effort put forward today. If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to look with me a portion of Scripture in the book of Colossians. The book of Colossians, chapter number 1. Colossians, chapter number 1. If you have your bulletin, you can follow along. If you choose to, as we go through this sermon together. Now, to be honest with you, there's a verse there that's not the correct verse. That's last week's verse. Uh, You know, we preached on no escape. So you're actually going to have to either read the screen or actually turn in your Bible to Colossians chapter 1 and uh, verse number 20. You want to see what the scripture says, but that's a good verse. And if you missed last week's uh, uh, sermon, uh, I encourage you to look that up, uh, go to the podcast or whatever, and find that. And uh, it was called No Escape. But Colossians chapter number one, Colossians chapter number one. And look at verse number 20, if you would, Colossians chapter one, look at verse number 20. And notice what the Bible says, and having made peace. Through the blood of his cross, by him, to reconcile all things unto himself by him. I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. It's a short verse, but there's a lot of doctrinal truth in that one portion there. I want you to notice the fact that there's a peace. You see the peace? And where is the peace? It comes through the blood. Where did the blood come from? Come from the cross, cross of Calvary. And notice it was by him. Who's the him? It's talking about Jesus. Notice that word reconcile. Notice it was all things unto himself. Who had something to do with the reconciliation? He did. He initiated all that. And if you look up the word, uh, the, the reconciliation there, you're going to find uh, the different meanings uh, in, in the, the languages there. But it's basically, it's more than just to draw us, to, to purchase us back. It's not quite necessarily a redemption. Uh, it, it's like to, to clear the charges. Okay, You and I had some things against us that, that we had no help or hope with as far as ourself was concerned. And the only hope we would have is in the verse that we just read. You know, we were born under condemnation because of sin. And that sin put a debt on us. Okay, And when we think of reconciliation, it, it, it does something for us that we couldn't do for ourselves. Okay? If I, I'm, I'm trying to be clear. You know, there's some things that you just can't do for yourself. That's what reconciliation is. There's nothing I can do to reckon myself, reconcile myself to God. But God, through Jesus Christ... Notice that word peace, having made peace. You see that? Peace through the blood of His cross. There are people out here in the world today that do not understand what that kind of peace is. They don't have that peace. Now, you can try to find peace in other ways. And, I, you know, we think, well, if a person has a lot of money in the bank, then they're at peace. But that's not true. Some of the most miserable people in the world are those who do have large bank accounts. You know, uh, that has nothing to do with the internal peace that you can have. And so notice the fact that the peace is made through his blood. You see that? You see that? The blood of his cross. And so this morning, 
uh, I, I want to bring a, a message, and I want to keep it simplified, but there's a doctrinal truth that many times we don't hear enough of, and it's the doctrine of the blood atonement, the blood of Christ. And the, the message today is simply entitled, The Importance of the Blood. The Importance of the Blood. And I, I'm fearful that maybe there's people out there that, on, that they don't understand the importance of it. I mean, they've heard the story. Easter's coming up. And uh, before you get to the empty tomb, you have to go through the cross of Calvary, you see. Because Jesus died on the cross and shed His blood. I mean, we've got people that know that. They don't understand the importance of it. They think it's, well, it was just a death for a sacrifice. But there's value in that blood. Okay, There's the doctrine of blood atonement. And I want to take just a few minutes uh, to maybe help you understand it a little bit better. If you've never really fully understood what the blood atonement is, what the blood of Christ does for us. Obviously, I won't be able to give you everything all in one setting. But I want to give you just a few things today on the importance of the blood. And let us pray. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity to come together and to assemble ourselves. If you've, you've instructed in, in the word of God that we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And Lord, I do pray for those that stand in need of prayer, recognizing there are many that are sick and afflicted that can't be here. Lord, there are some that have lost loved ones in recent days. And Lord, we ask for continued comfort and peace to be with these families. But Lord, uh, whatever the burden is on our heart right now, I pray that we'll be able to just a few minutes to put that aside. And Lord, may we focus our hearts and mind on the Word of God, and may we rejoice in what we see through the Scripture today, understanding what You've done for us, that which we could not do for ourselves, yet You did. Lord, we ought to love You and thank You and praise You for all that You have done. And Lord, we certainly ought to glorify You in all things. And Lord, I ask today, most of all, if there be one here under the sound of my voice that does not know You as their Lord and Savior, I pray that today would be the day Lord, that the conviction of the Holy Spirit of God will fall upon them so strong that they would have to acknowledge their need and do something about it. Lord, I thank you for those that have been saved in recent days and those who have followed your plan for their life and scriptural baptism and so forth. Lord, I ask that you would continue, Lord, to reveal things that need to be taken care of. And Lord, I thank you and praise you for salvation that's offered through your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we do ask that the Spirit will meet with us today. Make this place off limits to the devil and the forces of evil that would work to hinder and bind. But Lord, I pray you'd have free reign and free course amongst us. Lord, I pray you empower, empower me now, Lord. Give me the strength I need to deliver this message. Thank you for blessing in so many ways. Forgive me where I failed thee, for we ask these blessings in Christ's name. Amen. Having made peace through the blood of His cross, I think about so many things that we try to do for ourselves. So many things we try to fix on our own. So many things we try to take care of ourselves. And you know, we can do a whole lot on our own. We, we can do a lot of things. But yet, there are things that we just can't do apart from God. And one of those things is make it to heaven. You can't make it to heaven apart from God. I mean, you can do a lot of good things on your own. You can do a lot of mighty, wonderful works. But you'll never enter those pearly gates upon your own merit. It would only be because of the blood of Jesus Christ. You see, that peace that it's talking about here, it's more than just what we see on the surface of peace. We're talking about something that has to be taken care of. You see, there's a conflict that's going on. 
And that conflict's been going on for a long, long time. Matter of fact, that conflict started in eternity. Remember Lucifer and the pride that he had that he thought to exalt himself above God? And remember, he was cast out of heaven. Him and a third of the angels that fell with him. There was a conflict that's been taking place. And because of that conflict, it brought condemnation upon God's creation. For it's by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. So death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. I've got news for all of us today. We're sinners. Sinners. And that sin comes with a price. It's a price of condemnation. You see, the day that you were born, you had a death sentence attached to you. And if you don't take care of that, if you don't get that reconciliation that's been offered, if you die without Christ, if you die without that payment, then you're going to find yourself in an eternity apart from God, separated from God. The word death means separation. If you look at the word death. And what happens at death, our soul separates from our physical body. You see, all of us in here are eternal beings. You are going to live forever. Okay? Uh, your physical body is going to decay and die one day. There will be disease that come along. And we hate seeing that. I don't like seeing that. I don't like it. But that happens. Our body starts deteriorating. Disease comes in. Things start breaking down. And this body of flesh is going to die. It is appointed unto man once to die. There's appointments that we sometimes have to break or sometimes get canceled on us, but there's one appointment that we're not going to break and we're not going to cancel. That's the appointment of death. And the Bible says after that is the judgment. You see, there's a death and there's a judgment to follow. And if you die without Christ, you're going to find yourself one day at the great white throne judgment. And though you may remember the mighty, wonderful works that you did in the name of the Lord, the problem was that you didn't have peace. You may have thought on your end you had peace, but on God's end, there was something that wasn't reconciled. And that was that debt of sin that was against you. I want to help you today to see the importance of the blood and how you can have peace through the blood of the cross of Jesus Christ. That we can be reconciled, that that debt against us can be taken care of. We, we can be justified. We can have, listen, uh, there's a lot of people that they're looking for peace. And they try to find these avenues of peace. And I'll be honest with you, the world can give you a temporary fix. Uh, there's pleasure in sin for a season. But there's a payday that comes. And God doesn't always pay on Friday, by the way. But that payday comes. People think, well, I've gotten away with it for this long that I'll be okay. No, no, no. No, no, no. There is a payday to come. Let's look at the importance of the blood of Christ. I really want to be... As simple and as deliberate as I possibly can, because I would love for you, if you're not aware or understanding of this, I want to make it where it's clear for you to understand the importance of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me give you just a few things this morning of what that blood does and what it did. Okay, let me give you the first one this morning. And it'd be this, that the blood of Christ, if you see in your notes there, number one, the blood of Christ brought redemption. The blood of Christ brought redemption. Okay, we'll talk about the word redemption. In Ephesians chapter 1, in Ephesians chapter number 1, you'll notice what the Bible says. In whom we have redemption through His what? Blood. Even, or the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. Now look at that. The blood of Christ brought 
Redemption. Well, what does that mean, preacher? And you see there, uh, we have that redemption, not of my own effort, but because of the blood of Jesus Christ, which also gives us the forgiveness of sins. And none of that would be possible if that last part of that verse wasn't there. According to the riches of His grace. I'm thankful for the grace of God today that's on display right now by the very fact that you're able to sit in church and hear another sermon. That's a display of God's grace in your life. But to, re- to be redeemed, redemption, what does that mean? Well, that simply means to be bought back. Okay, The purchase price. The freedom of a former slave purchased off the slave block. You see, the believer has been bought off the slave block of Satan. Remember the verse I quoted a while ago? is by one man sinner into the world, and death by sin, death passed upon all men, for they all have sinned. You see, you are born uh, in debt, if you would. In debt. You're, you're, you're in sin debt. Okay, You're a slave uh, to, to yourself, to the flesh, to sin. And that's all a part of Satan's plan. Now, there's a lot of people, they wonder, why can't I just do right? Uh, you ever had people, <laughs> they say, I just don't know why I do wrong. I, I, just, I want to do right, and I can't do right. Possibly it's because you're still enslaved to your flesh, to, to the sin of the flesh. But Jesus came to redeem us, to purchase back what was taken away. And listen, uh, you got to remember, when, when God created uh, mankind in, in Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, it was a perfect environment. There was no sin. Uh, man didn't have to work for the fruit to grow and the, and the grass to grow. No, God spoke it into existence and everything was. But notice after sin entered into the world, then all of a sudden man had to work to upkeep and to get things to grow. And now all of a sudden now there's thorns and thistles and, and everything has to be. And you know, you still have to do that today. You think it'd be just simple to put seeds in the ground and stuff grow. No, you got you to work that. You got to take care of that. You got to pull the thorns and kill the bugs and all the stuff that used to not be. Why? Sin. See, there's a debt because of sin. And what Christ did through His blood is purchase back that which was lost in the Garden of Eden. If you die and go to hell today, dear friend, you're going to do it against the blood of Jesus Christ. You're going to make a mockery of the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why a person, that's why it says there's no escape. If you neglect such great a salvation, Jesus Christ shed his blood to pay the price of redemption. You can't redeem yourself. You just can't do it. Uh, you say, well, you know, I, if I did all these wonderful things, there's going to be value in that. The only value is the works of your flesh. And the Bible tells me that my righteousness is nothing more than filthy rags in the sight of God. God looks at our righteousness and it makes him sick. It's putrid unto him. But yet, when we see the redemption that's offered through the blood of Jesus Christ, that price that was paid to purchase back that which was lost in the Garden of Eden. Now, you say, preacher, explain all that. I don't have the mind of God to explain all that. All I know is that in eternity uh, past, that God's sovereign knowledge that's above anything you and I could ever understand, God knew that His creation was going to sin. He knew that His creation was going to be damned. And He knew that His Son was going to have to be the sacrifice. God knew that before the foundation of the world. I can't explain that. That's the knowledge of God. But I'm so glad that the grace of God was evident then by His willingness to make a way for us. And I'm glad that He did make a way for us. Over 2,000 years ago, on the cross of Calvary, Jesus Christ 
paid the price for our redemption. So redemption, that blood in whom we have redemption through his blood. You see that through his blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I'd be careful to go to a church that put in, that they don't value the blood. I'd be careful to go somewhere where they don't teach the blood atonement, that they don't teach that you have to be forgiven of your sin. I'd be careful about that. Because it's through the blood of Christ that we have peace and that reconciliation and that redemption is brought to us through the blood of Jesus Christ. We're made free by the blood. You don't have to live chained to sin. You don't have to live chained to your former self. Uh, there's people, listen, I, I wish I could get, I had a dime for every person I talked with who told me, Preacher, you don't know what I've done or where I've been. It doesn't matter to me where, what you've done or where you've been. I know that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sin. If you'll put your faith and trust in Him, you can be redeemed today by the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Christ brought redemption. Let me give you another one this morning. The blood of Christ... It brought righteousness. Righteousness. What does that mean, preacher? In Romans chapter 3, in Romans chapter 3, in verse 25, it says, Whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His what? Blood. To declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Let's talk about that righteousness. You see that word propitiation? You see, the righteousness that we have is only by God and through God and with God and by the faith that we place in Him. That propitiation, thinking about the transformation process, the transfer process, That Christ imputed His righteousness upon us. I can't earn that. I don't. I definitely don't deserve it. I can't do anything to obtain it. And and that that it's given to me. It took my place. It became what I wasn't. It made me be what I'm not. That's the righteousness of God. I made that through the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, notice it says faith in His blood. You see, there's a difference between faith and works. You can try to work toward the blood and you'll never get there. But if you have the smallest amount of faith that a child could have and put your faith in his blood, then you can receive the righteousness of God. Remember, there's only going to be righteousness in heaven. Nothing that defiles is going to enter there. And then we start looking at ourselves and say, well, that man, I'm not going to make it because I'm not righteous. You got to understand this term we just read. He became, notice that, set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. You see that that propitiation that he became our righteousness. You see that he became your righteousness. Let me read you another verse through there. It might help you understand. In Second Corinthians chapter five. In Second Corinthians chapter, I'm sorry, uh, yes, chapter five, verse twenty-one. Second Corinthians five twenty-one. Now notice, it's talking about what God did to Jesus and what that did for us. For He hath made Him to be sin for us. The one that knew no sin, Him, Jesus. God made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we, which are the sinners, might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Now that's a mouthful. Let me try to break it down. You see, it says, For He, that's God, hath made Him, Jesus, to be sin for us. You know what happened on the cross of Calvary? 
our sin was placed upon Jesus Christ on the cross. Study about the cross. Find that at the darkest hour where God poured out His wrath upon His Son, that when you read and study, many theologians believe at that very moment that Christ, the very sin of the world, was upon Him. And darkness overcame the face of the earth. And remember what Jesus said, My God! My God! Why hast Thou forsaken Me? God can't look upon sin, dear friend. He's holy. He's righteous. And yet the one, the very one who knew no sin, I hope you follow what I'm saying today, the very perfect, sinless, holy, righteous Lamb of God who lived and walked upon this earth for 33 and a half years and never committed one sin in His life. At that moment in time upon the cross, He became sin for us. He took upon Himself our sin. I want you to think about every sin you've ever committed in your life. Jesus Christ paid for that on the cross of Calvary. He became your sin. He paid your sin debt. Every sin I ever committed, every sin that I ever will commit, Jesus paid for that on the cross, dear friend. Do you understand what I'm saying? That blood of Christ, it brought righteousness to us. Him who knew no sin... Does it seem fair that Jesus paid for your sin? I won't ask you to testify as to what's the worst thing you've ever done. But I'm pretty sure if we all thought about it, we've done things that would shame our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And maybe not only did we do it one time, but maybe we've done it multiple times. But yet, when we were in our sins... Without Christ, He died for the ungodly. He who knew no sin, because God's plan was that to be enacted, He was made sin. And then here's what I don't understand. I don't understand the second part of it. Because we who were sin, we're nothing but sinners. But because of what He did, notice what happens to us. That we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Made Him the one that was not that we might be made what we are not. There's nothing good about us. Scripture says there is none that doeth good, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Even on my best day, I still come up short. But I'm so thankful that on my worst day, I'm still made righteous in Him. That would make a Presbyterian shout right there. On my best day, I still come up short. But on my worst day, I'm still made righteous in Him. Not because of me, but because of what He did. Brothers and sisters, the believer... The one who puts their faith in... All through this, we're seeing about faith in His blood. We're seeing about what His blood does for us. When we do that, we are justified. Justification. The process of justification. And what that simply means is this. I stand before God just as if I never sinned. I'm justified. You see, the Bible tells us that we have an accuser. That old dragon. That old serpent, the devil. And he's an accuser of the brethren. 
And every time, and I don't tell me, listen, uh, some of you act like you got halos over, over your head and act like you're perfect and just and righteous. I'm going to tell you, the only thing holding that halo up is your horns. <laughs> hey, we're all sinners, amen. And on our worst day, when the devil sees what you do, and don't listen, uh, he was an accuser of the brethren, by the way, the Bible tells me that. And he'll go and he'll, he'll go back and forth trying to bring accusation against God's children. And when you have a bad day, the devil says, oh yeah, they messed up. And he goes and he tries to make accusation against God's children. And maybe you felt some of that accusation before. Uh, maybe you know you've done something wrong and the devil, all of a sudden, he starts whispering in your ear, look at how sorry you are. You're not much of a Christian. You don't even need to go to church because you'll make the church stink up the place. You know, the devil tells you that kind of stuff, but I want you to know that if you are a child of God, every time on your worst day as a Christian, uh, when the devil tries to accuse you, uh, when the Lord looks over at your account, he sees the blood of Christ and he sees someone who has, has been made justified. Okay? That's what we have today. He made us to be something we're not. That's the righteousness of God. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for that. Let me give you another one this morning. I'm talking about the blood of Christ, the importance of the blood. The blood of Christ brought remission. 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 What does that mean, preacher? Well, if you look in Hebrews chapter 9, in Hebrews chapter 9, look at verse number 22. It says, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood is no remission. What does remission mean? It means the complete, eternal purging of all sin. The complete, eternal purging of all sin. Once forever is our purchase in Christ Jesus. You see, Jesus says He's not going to have to come back down on the cross again. He was a sacrifice that was offered once for all for the salvation of the believers. He won't have to die again. No, his, his, listen, he rose as the high priest, the eternal high priest. And he went in to the Holy of Holies at the right hand of God and he presented his blood as the eternal sacrifice for us. The complete eternal purging of all sin. Now, I wish I had a little more time to get into this because there's people that sometimes misunderstand and misinterpret things. I want you to know that, yes, if you commit sin, you're accountable for sin. What does that mean, preacher, as far as me now as a Christian and I commit sin? You see, sin is not going to affect your salvation status, okay? But sin does affect your relationship status. You can't have good fellowship with God and continue in sin. It's just not going to happen. You can't walk with God and run with the devil. I mean, you have to live a life that's pleasing unto Christ. He tells us that. He tells us that we are His creation, His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, that we might live and abide in Him. He tells us that we need to be conformed to the image of His Son. Now, if we're conforming our life to Christ... We're going to shun that sin and that evil that's out there in the world. We are brought His glory. We are brought into His express image. There's another verse of Scripture I like to read in Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 3. It says, Who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power when He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of of the majesty on high. Boy, I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful that the day I got saved, that listen, my sins were forgiven, that blood was applied to my account, and I have that eternal payment taken care of. It's taken care of. I listen, uh, I, don't, I don't like debt. I don't like being in debt. 
And, uh, you know, you go to the doctor, you had to wind up in the hospital and, and you try to pay that stuff off quick. And then next thing you know, you get bills in from this, that and the other. And I mean, everybody who even signed a chart uh, sent you a bill for something, you know, and uh, you get billed for all this kind of stuff. But I am so glad. Listen, to every sin that I ever committed, every sin that I ever will commit, it was covered by the blood. I don't have to go to sleep at night or try not to go to sleep figuring out if I was forgiven or not. I'm forgiven. My salvation is settled. But for me to be conformed to the express image of the, of the glory of God, I have to walk in the light and be in the light as He is in the light. I want a relationship with God. I want to be able to be what God wants me to be. I can't do that if I'm walking and abiding in sin. We want to live according to the way God wants for us to live. That blood of Christ, it brought remission in our life. And I'm so glad of that. The eternal purging of all sin. Now, why is that important? Because we couldn't get to heaven without it. The Bible tells us that, that no sin is going to enter in over there, that heavenly city. One of these days, we're going to go to a place where we don't have to worry about the sin and corruption of the world. Amen? Amen. We won't have to worry about what bathroom to go to, or whether this is a man or a woman or whatever it is. We won't have to worry about any of that. We won't have to worry about corruption and evil. We'll be God's children in God's place that He's created for us. <clears throat> Let me give you another one this morning. We're talking about the importance of the blood. I'm really leery of people who preach a salvation without the blood of Christ. I'm really leery of that. We've got maybe what we call new age type of churches, new philosophies and new things, and they're more appealing to the eye. You know, they appeal to the flesh. And listen, I'm not against new things. The Lord knows I'm not. You know, I don't mind new songs we sing. I'm, that's not. I mean, they, they they take a whole detour around to get to people's emotions to make them feel good. And I, listen, I, we ought to feel good, amen. But sometimes the word of God makes me not feel so good. And a lot of these people they'll cut out portions of scripture such as what we've read today because it's too offensive. It's too offensive. If you get up and tell people they're sinners, they'll get mad and not come back. Hey, we don't want to talk about the blood. That, that, that's too offensive to people. But I want, to, I want to be honest with you today, okay? I wouldn't be much of a preacher if I, if I wouldn't tell you the truth. We're all sinners. And we all need to be forgiven by the blood. Okay? It's the blood that's going to cleanse you from all sin. Uh, listen, we baptized three people last week. Amen, hallelujah. I hope we baptize some more before said and done. But them going down in that water, coming up, that water didn't wash nothing away from them. Mm -mm. No, it didn't. It was just a picture of them following Christ in obedience. Hey, it, it didn't get as far as them getting to heaven. It didn't get them one inch closer to heaven. I try, I try to let people know that the thief on the cross. You know, he never got baptized. He never joined the church. He didn't sing in the choir. He didn't do anything except for put his faith in Christ. And Jesus said, "Today thou shalt be with me in paradise." The blood of Christ. The blood of Christ. It brought reconciliation. Reconciliation. When I think about what the Lord has done for us in First Corinthians chapter one. First Corinthians chapter one, verse number thirty. It says, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, 
and redemption. All of these things that point back to our text verse, that peace, peace through the blood of Christ. Notice that because of this, we are made unto... See that wisdom? Wisdom? Righteousness? Sanctification? Redemption? All of these things that if a person does not have, they're not going to have peace. Because their debt is not taken care of. The blood of Christ brought us reconciliation. It brought us to where we can have a state of mind of peace, wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. I mentioned Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. You can read about that in the book of Genesis. But their relationship with God was severed. It was cut by sin. Now, let's don't... We're, we're so quick to try to criticize their condition and all. I mean, they were in a perfect environment. Like, why in the world would you do that? But you know, the devil's tricked us in a lot of things too. The devil's twisted up things and talked us into things that we shouldn't have done. So I don't want to criticize but I want us to understand that the Lord, He made an immediate effort to reconcile Adam and Eve. The Lord went to them when they could not come to Him. Yet they chose to hide. Remember that? We've, we've studied about that before. Uh, they, they, they chose to hide while He chose to reconcile. You see that? I mean, they went and hid themselves. They didn't want God to see them in their condition. But yet God came to where they was. And having made peace through the blood of His cross by Him to reconcile all things... Unto himself. Let me say this by faith, regeneration, adoption, becoming the child of God, a person can be brought back to fellowship with God. God created man for that express purpose to have fellowship with him. But man messed that up. God wants to have fellowship with his creation. The only way that can happen is for us to be reconciled through this process of the blood. Now, I just said a whole bunch of stuff. You may not have understood all of that. But let me say this in closing. What this simply means is this. I'm cutting it off here because there's so much more to go. Let me, let me say this. The blood of Christ, these things that we've just talked about, if you've never put your faith and trust in the blood of Jesus Christ, you're not going to have peace. You're not going to have hope. What's the Christian definition of hope? And it would be this. That tomorrow is going to be better than today. And that today is better than yesterday was. That's hope. Tomorrow is going to be better than today. And that today is better than yesterday was. Why? Because I have hope. My hope is not in, in a 401k. My, my hope is not in my bank account, stock market, or real estate. My hope is not in this world. Amen. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. You see, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. My hope is in Jesus Christ. Christ in you is the hope of glory. If you haven't applied the blood to your account, you're, you're in here today, you're without hope, you don't have peace, and the world may fall apart, and you're going to fall apart with it because you don't know what to anchor to. But my Bible tells me that I have an anchor for the soul, sure and steadfast, and that anchor is the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads, if you would, as we prepare for a verse of invitation. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. No one looking around. I hope today that you understood the context of what we're trying to get across. The importance of the blood. You're not going to heaven unless the blood of Jesus has been applied to your account. All throughout this scripture, there was verses that talked about faith in His blood. Faith in His blood. Faith. 
believing what Christ has done for you, believing the gospel message that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That if you can believe that Jesus Christ shed His blood on the cross, not in vain, but for a purpose, to pay your sin debt, to reconcile you back to Him. You are God's creation, by the way. And God wants relationship with you. If you're here today, no one's looking around. No one, please. Don't want to embarrass anybody, but you're here today and say, Preacher, I'm lost. I've never had the blood applied to my account. And if, if, if the Lord was to look at my account today, He's going to see me as a sinner condemned on my way to hell. Preacher, pray for me. I need to be saved. Would you slip your hand up? May I pray for you today? I see your hand, and I will be praying for you right now. Maybe you're here today and say, Preacher, I, I, I've been saved, and I know that, but I'll be honest with you, I haven't really... I haven't really lived the way God wants me to live. And I'm afraid I brought shame to His name too many times. Preacher, pray for me. I want to be the Christian God wants me to be. Yes, yes, I see your hands. Yes. I'm praying for you. Yes, I'm praying for you right now. Now listen, I could ask a million questions. There would be a million different answers. But God knows your heart and He's dealt with you in such a manner. If you feel you need to respond, please do that. That's what this time is for. You hear the Word. The Word is revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. And it's up, up to us to act upon it. Whether salvation, rededication, church membership, baptism, I don't know, whatever. You follow God and what He's called you in to do. Father in heaven, thank you for the word. Thank you for the privilege of Cyrus to open up this word and preach and teach and study. I do pray for the hands that went up today. Lord, there's several that have, have said that God has spoken to them in such a way. Lord, I ask that they would answer your call as you would have them to. Lord, I pray that we would understand the importance of the blood. And Lord, may we live a life that's pleasing unto you. Thank you for loving us and saving us. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. As we stand to our feet.